Welcome to today's Life Coach Pod. As we move forward in this universe of sheltering at home or not, I was out this weekend picking up, of all things, hangers from a Craigslist listing. So I really was point to point and I didn't see any humans other than all the people at the Sacramento River. I cannot believe how many people were out. A quick update on the chirping Chirpensteins who live in the rafter right outside my window, right there, who I keep an eye on every day. I've become incredibly attached. They are now, this was the big shot from yesterday, and I love the guy in the front because he just looks like how I felt yesterday. But if you can't see him, there are five little birdies in this nest. Five, I love the little guys that are resting their beaks on the nest. They're just hanging out. Anyway, I'll have a new Chirpenstein picture tomorrow, but I wanted to give you the update on the little birdlets because I am so attached. And thank God they don't look like they're going to fledge anytime soon so I can still take pictures. But as they start to feather, I'm going to have to leave them alone because I don't want them to leave the nest too early because they're frightened. Although you think they used to be my, me my, by now. Okay, so today is episode 25. It is Motivation Monday. It's only me and my live audience. This is the last week of a live audience. I'll be moving away from that because of security measures. Plus, hopefully I'll be working soon. So cross your fingers. It is Monday, April 27th. And for those of you sheltering at home, it is March 58th. I'm so excited that we're going to pass the March 60th mark before this is over. I'll probably stop talking about the date in March as soon as I uh, flip the calendar next week. But or I guess we flip it this week, actually. May 1st is coming. Um, oh, that means it's time to pay rent and mortgage. But let's keep it positive, shall we? Because it's Motivation Monday. We have some great guests coming up. Amy Gardner is going to be here to talk about COVID-proofing your career. I don't even know what that means. Can we put a mask on our career? We'll find out. Keith, last name I can't pronounce because I don't know how, but Baral. I'm going to call some Baral right now and leave the S away. Could do it the other way as well. He's going to talk about a key to career advancement. This looks interesting. If you've ever wondered about how I'm going to get ahead and the mistakes that you're making and how you come across, he's going to talk about that. And then Miles Smith with a special shout out to Donna, who's going to talk about retirement. And I hope he doesn't talk about just saving for retirement, but how to even enjoy your retirement. So we'll find out. I haven't met Miles before. I look forward to talking with them. And today, the fast facts are actually a little different because I'm going to jump into a weird topic. And the reason I think it's weird is because I don't think people have thought much about their business other than they aren't doing business. So we're living in this weird world where those of you that provide service to people, and a lot of you are small business like me, like I really have a lot of compassion for people who are entrepreneurs trying to run a small business, whether that's a nail salon or any kind of salon, a restaurant. Uh, service business, like printing t-shirts, anything where you have to do something where it involves humans. I know it's really challenging and we're, and we're gently starting to go back out and doing these things. And we're going to watch those states that are doing it um, more than we are in California. In California, we're not doing much of this at all yet. Not yet. But the thing is that I, I think there are some things you can keep in mind as you open that small business. And it's interesting because um, if you keep these things in mind, I, I did some research and I believe these things will support your um, prosperity and good fortune as you reopen these businesses. 
uh, if you focus on those things that matter most. The goals here, of course, are to do a few things. It's to increase revenue, but it's increase it through word of mouth, meaning recommendations. That I have noticed is huge on Nextdoor. People are talking about which businesses are doing what and how they're doing it and if it's a good experience or a bad experience. And that to me feels very much like what we would normally would have done if we saw somebody at the park or at the restaurant or whatever. We do that word of mouth in conversation. Then of course there's social media. So you, that's when somebody actually does like a testimonial, right? They go on and they say, I just had an experience at this place. And they tend to post that on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you're lucky Instagram, you get a picture that's even better. That means you've done something somebody else wants to showcase. So keep those, keep those in mind because that's what you want your customers to post. That is worth gold. It's advertising you don't have to pay for, and it's everything. So it's the word of mouth recommendations, frankly. And then, of course, what we want is more customers. So Jen, you might be saying, why are you talking about this? Here's the thing. I've been in marketing my whole life. I think I started marketing when I was in, like, I don't know, my mom will tell you, but probably even elementary school, I was influencing, persuading, and making the case, and learning about audiences, and talking about solving problems. I have just, I am just a marketer. I guess that's what happens when a lawyer has a kid who doesn't want to be a lawyer. They become a marketer. Now that I've layered the coaching stuff on top, so I finished coaching school. Um, actually, I'm just finishing it, but I mean, I finished the active part of the coaching school in January, and I love what I learned, and I feel like it really helps marketing in that it's added this um, human, this human optimism component that's been in me. It's funny, the first class I took, I said, oh my God, this is a paradigm, like this is a paradigm I can understand so quickly because it's so aligned to my values, which is being optimistic and positive and helping others succeed. If you're thinking about those things, you almost can't fail, right? I mean, you can get down and depressed, but you, you kind of can't fail if you're, if you're really here to provide, to help others be successful. The minute you're successful is when others are successful, whether that's your kids, your partner, your client, your customers, whatever that is. So I have a lot of experience in marketing and then I'm wrapping it in that coaching perspective and I'll, add that component at the end of this little talk, but I wanted to bring to forward some of the ways that hopefully could help a service business that's not gonna be able to work like it has been in the past to work a little differently. So the first thing is just being really clear that there is a cost to providing bad service. So just rushing to open your doors and not really thinking this through means you could make a mistake. And here's the consequences. The number one reasons customers switch to a different brand or think of this as a different way, but a different business is that they were feeling unappreciated. Customers want to feel appreciated. 50% of customers who have left a business for a competitor were able to stay uh, is because the competitor was more relevant and better satisfied their needs. If you're listening to what I'm saying, that means you really need to be aware of your customer needs. It takes 12 positive customer experiences to make up for one screw up, 12. This is so much just even like the psychology of when you tell someone you love something bad, it's gonna take you 12 times to cut that through. If you think about it personally, you, we humans always remember the bad stuff. I don't know why. It's like a glitch in how we were made. We could be told a hundred million times we're great for all the variety of reasons that are true. 
and one person criticizes us, and I swear to God, that's the loudest thing. It is also true in business. If you make a mistake, it's going to take a lot to get that customer back. And in big business, we talk about that. That's all about retention. That's the word we use for it is customer retention. Because once you acquire a customer, that is gold. But losing a customer costs a lot of money. Acquiring customers cost a lot of money. So retention is one of the cheapest ways. Keeping a customer happy is one of the cheapest ways to keep customers. And then the last um, little fact here is that 78% of customers have backed out of a purchase due to a poor customer experience. So they're right there, they're maybe on your website, they're booked an appointment, and then something happens and, it, and it's a bad experience and they, and they walk away. So 78% have said they've done this. So you need to think about that because you're a consumer too, right? We're all consumers. In fact, I was trying to figure out how to do this presentation so that I could also do the consumer side because we have a responsibility as consumers to think about the decisions we're making. If we choose to walk away from a business, if we choose to, maybe we were just talking about one piece of criticism takes 12 times, maybe we need to be a little bit more gracious and a little more forgiving if we're the consumers. It's really important to look at this from both sides. Okay, so hopefully I've convinced you that it's expensive to screw up or, to, or let's not put it that way because that sounds like that's something you've done intentionally. It's more, it's important to pay attention to the, to be intentional about how you move forward as you reopen and as you start to have your customers come back. Be intentional about how you're going to provide that service and what that's going to look like. That's actually the whole point here. So 80, this is really an interesting statistics. 86% um, of buyers will pay more for a better customer experience. Take that in. This is, this is a 2020 piece of information from research in 2020. It's from um, an article. I want to make sure I give this article, list this article in case you want to go look at it. Go look at the article called 37 Customer Experience Statistics You Need to Know for 2020. That's what the article is called. Just Google that. It's fascinating to find out that 86% of customers will pay more for a better customer experience. That's a real opportunity. That's why it's worth paying attention to this and being very intentional about it. Here's why it's so important for you to focus on customer experience. It really leads to three things in business. And this is from a, this statistic I'm using is from big business, but it absolutely translates because it's about customer behavior. If you focus on the customer experience, that is everything from the first point of contact, hi, nice to meet you, can I put your email in my database? Because we do that. If you have a customer, you somehow keep track of them. That to the last point of contact, which is when they bought something, saw you, you did an email. I consider the whole thing the marketing user experience. It's one of the things I've sold myself on in my in doing marketing is I look at every touch from the beginning to the end and how that makes a person feel. And hopefully, if I'm doing my job really well, it makes them feel good about their relationship with the company I work for. This is all about relationships. It's one of the reasons I think coaching was such a nice wrapper for me as I looked at marketing and then I added this coaching component, which is all about seeing humans, being intentional and being aware. So that's what I'm going to tell you over and over again. 
see your customers, be aware of them, and be intentional about what you do. So if you do that, if you focus on the customer experience, you can improve customer retention. Just talked about that. You want them to stay with you. It is too expensive to go get them again or to get new customers. Retention is everything. You also improve customer satisfaction, which means hopefully, what they call it, they'll carry your water for you, meaning they'll go talk about you. They'll tell others about you. That customer satisfaction is everything. They'll not only come back, but they're going to tell others. And then, of course, it improves your ability to cross-sell and upsell. Cross-selling means you they buy one thing from you, you want them to buy something else. So you can go simply as a hair salon. They get a haircut from you, and you could upgrade them to a color, cut and color. There you go. You just cross-sold. Or you could um, uh, refer them to a massage therapist that you're um, co-working with so that you've cross-sold to your massage therapist and the massage therapist delivers the goods and your haircut person comes back to you completely delighted. Or you could upsell. I guess the cut and color would be more of an upsell, which is first they come for the cut and then you add the color. You can do more from that sale. So they come in for um, a dinner for four and then you could upsell them dessert as we typically used to do in the, in the restaurant business. You'd say, what would you like for dessert? And we always would say, well, let's at least look at the menu, shall we? So you're going to think, you're going to have to be innovative. You're going to have to think of new ways to upsell, but it can happen. It doesn't have to just, you're going to need to use your imagination. You don't have to be constrained by the old ways. Okay, so there's a real business opportunity in customer service. And customer service is how, of course, you take care of your customers, right? So 80% of Americans are currently satisfied with the customer service they receive. Now, this is a study that was done among consumers for at a massive level. So this is going to give you attitudes of consumers. It may or may not work specifically for your business, but you're going to know these are consumer attitudes. The idea that 80% of American customers are satisfied with current customer service, and there's probably a few outliers. Right now, I'm a little irritated with Xfinity. But and, uh, uh, and another credit card company. But um, in general, 80% of Americans are satisfied. What that tells me as a business owner is that I have to meet that expectation. I need to make sure that I'm satisfying at least 80%. Of course, I'm gonna try to go harder and I like to satisfy as many as I can, but that's the mark you need to hit. Increasing customer retention, meaning customers that stay with you by just 5% can increase your profits between 25 and 95%. Now, that's those high-end profits are gonna be going to the big, big companies, but this is the importance of customer retention. You want them to come back. In fact, you can ask your customer, how is my service today? Would you recommend me to a friend or could you come, are you willing to come back? That is huge. You know, all the time people give you coupons to come back. That's one of the ways to retain your customers is just to say, wow, I'm so happy that you were here. I'm going to give you a 15% discount on your next order. That is huge. And how you time that, and you can play with it, but how you time that, if there's some places that game it, uh, what's the short store? I think it was Michael's. I, I shop at, I love shopping at Michael's. I miss shopping at Michael's. If you're in California, that's a huge hobby in craft store. And what they do, which is kind of smart, is they always give you a coupon for about a week ahead. So you could come in and get your coupons today and then they'd give you a special discount 
for a week in, in the future. The problem for me is I don't live near a Michael's at home, that they're far. So every time I get that coupon, I would just be sad because I want to take advantage of that coupon. So you're going to need to, if they had paid attention to my zip code, and Michael's is smart enough to have done this, they would note my zip code. My coupon would probably last 30 days. That would be smart. People with closer zip codes would have a coupon that expires sooner, of course, because you want to get those guys to come back to your store. And that's the importance of knowing your customers and being able to, to tailor your offers in that way. Just a really good example, but that's all about retention. And that was one example around coupons, but the idea is to figure out ways to get them to come back. That is your goal. You want that. Businesses can grow revenue between four and 8% if they prioritize better customer experience, better customer service experiences. So if somebody calls you and complains or calls you with a concern, first of all, we all know listening is everything. And most people know you're just another human. Few people are angry. The angry ones, eh, that one I might let go of because the angry people can never be consoled. And if somebody's unconsolable, that's the one kind of problem nobody can solve. If they're unconsolable, nothing's gonna change their mind. So you'll have to decide if that's a, somebody that's just unconsolable, but most people wanna work with you. They're upset, they're emotional in the moment, they need to be heard, they need to be validated. That is so important. That is a coaching concept that's huge. People need to know that what they're saying is being heard and it, it matters to you. Like, yes, I get it, you're really upset, it broke. It shouldn't have broken, I'm super sorry, I'll replace it. That's just not how it should work. And I, I know you were excited about buying it and I can't imagine how disappointing it is to have it be broken. Listen to that, acknowledge they're upset, they're upset and then I validated them for their disappointment and I absolutely took care of the problem. So that kind of listening and being right there with them can make the whole difference. It'll let you retain your customer and it provides, it will, I, ideally, they'll go on Facebook and say, oh my God, this vendor handled this so well. I don't think I've ever had anybody handle this problem so well. You just get tons of upvotes with that, with that move. And then of course, 73% of companies have above average, wait, let me get this right. 73 of companies with above average customer experiences perform better financially than their competitors. There you go, giving good service a really holistic service experience is a competitive advantage. And in big business, we talk about that all the time. Consumers have tons of choices now. Online, bricks and mortar, everywhere. There's just choice, you have so many choices. So you want people to choose you and having a competitive advantage means you are doing something better than your competitors. So 73% of companies with above average customer experiences are bet, perform better financially. What more could you want? That is sweet, sweet gold right there. Okay, so this is just interesting because I think this is, the, this is a trend and I think if you have a bricks and mortar store or a business that's, um, that is like an Etsy business, even an Etsy business, something that's smaller and it's hard because it's just you and boy, can I relate to that right now. Doing podcasts is a lot more work than I thought, and I haven't even started to monetize yet, which I'm hoping, cross my fingers, we'll get there. But man, right now I'm just doing the work, right? But here's the thing. It's really important to know that there's other ways to provide information about your business that will help you. So 
This has to do, again, this was done for big business, but I think these trends are really helpful to think about even for small business. In 2020, companies should ensure that customers were able to find answers to their questions using self-service. So you know as a consumer, we do this a lot. Now you go, like, I, I swear to God, when my friends ask me stuff now, I'm like, did you Google it first? Please, go Google. So first of all, we can always Google to go get answers. So if your customers are gonna Google to go get answers, that's gonna be a little bit of a problem for you because they're gonna see your competitors' answers if you don't have answers out there. So the idea is, in your niche, in what you're doing, is there a way you can provide answers? I'm not suggesting you get a bot, but you could do a weekly newsletter. You could have a blog on your um, website that shares some trends or interesting information or breaking news. The idea is to have some help there so that you don't drive them to your competitors. Interestingly enough, 67% of customers are preferring self-service over speaking to someone. This is gonna increase because if you've noticed that millennials and then Gen Z, Gen Y and Gen Z coming up, I think millennials are Gen Y. But as those generations are coming up, they've come up in a digital world. They're not used to going to talk to somebody. In fact, they talk to their friends, but they don't wanna go talk to a business provider. Not unless they have to go in the store or actually have an interaction with you. That's just not how they've learned to access the world as they've grown up. This is really different from customers that are, I would say, probably over 50. They're very used to talking to people and they actually will wanna to talk to you. So you need to think about who your target market is and then adjust accordingly because those youngsters coming up, if you wanna acquire new and you want younger demographics, you're going to know that they don't necessarily wanna to talk to you. 91% of customers will use an online knowledge base if it's available. That just reinforces, and a knowledge base is really a big business thing, and you've probably used one, or maybe you have if you're a little bit technology-driven. Um, In the tech world, we use knowledge bases all the time, but it's really where other people, other people answer questions about how something works. Uh, Quora, O-R-A is a fascinating website that is essentially a question and answer website. And people have the weirdest questions like, what's it like in prison? Or have you ever had norovirus? Or um, I, can you replace the gasket in my engine? They ask weird questions. And then there's experts who answer them, who really like just sharing their expertise. It's kind of like your uncle, you know, the one you can't shut up who's going to tell you about everything that he does. Yeah, that's Quora. But there you go. That's a knowledge base if you think about it. So you don't have to have a knowledge base for your business. I just want to make you aware that that, that self-service component is building and it's growing. So think about that relative to your business. In fact, it's really interesting if you run a salon or something, you could start to do um, information about hair colors and why you choose the products you choose they're organic or they're really healthy or low chemical or no 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 bleach i was gonna say no bleach and then i start laughing because bleach is in the news right now all right and then finally customers are willing to find the answers themselves they actually think there's these things called bots um it is a, a computerized to often associated with artificial intelligence, which is on the rise. If you aren't aware, artificial intelligence is coming in. It's not really going to be something that helps a lot of brick and mortar businesses or we small businesses, but it's definitely as a consumer, you should know bots are out there and they're getting smarter and smarter about answering your questions, especially the ones like the 
big joke for you youngsters don't know this. The big joke used to be when you call tech support, especially in the early days of Windows or computers, and the first thing they'd say is, have you turned it off and on? Okay, the bots are a little bit past that now, but they can answer those kind of questions. So bots are kind of fun for that reason. And if you haven't played with the bot, oh, you'll see them pop up on websites. You can absolutely talk to them. They don't, they'll know it's you because they see you log in, or not log in, they cookie you. So they know it's you from your IP address. So you don't want to be a real asshat, but you can have fun with bots. The point is, sorry, for a small business though, is just be aware, self-serving, people want self-serve. They're not necessarily always gonna to come to you with questions. You could actually position yourself as being an expert and then you will get the questions, but consider writing or consider publishing to also reinforce that. There's a real big benefit to that writing and publishing too. If you're really like making the stinky face right now going, Jen, I don't wanna do that. It helps with search engine optimization. The more words and smart things you have on your website, the little Google um, crawl things happen, and it incre increases your ability to be searched and found by anybody looking for your kind of business. And that's complicated, and you can hire somebody to help you, but I think you can read enough online through self-service information and be able to do quite well with search engine optimization, which will only help you build traffic to your website. Okay, so all this work, you're thinking about service, you're thinking about your business, you're tired, you haven't even opened your doors yet, you're already broke. This is not fun, we're all living through this pandemic and you're just struggling, but I wanna try to make you feel good about this effort because this is the right place to focus. Customers will share positive experiences. Maybe they're not all as extroverted as I am, but a lot of them are, and even the introverts will write up reviews. So happy American customers will share their positive experiences with about 11 people. You cannot afford to buy that kind of advertising. That is some amazing, amazing benefit of being a really good business. Angry customers will share their negative spirit experiences with about 15 people. That is awful, awful. So just know when that's why it's worth listening to that person rant and tell you how bad you are as you calm them down and turn the situation around because you want them to tell 11 people you're amazing, not 15 people you were bad. 35% of American customers post negative comments. 35%, but I'm gonna give you the, contra the contrast. 53% will post positive comments. Once again, this is why it's worth it. Take the deep breath, realize you've got to deal with the problems in a good way because it will help you, help you, help you. You don't want, and again, there's always the inconsolable person and unfortunately they're gonna probably be the ones you post. But the good news is their friends know they're, the, they're inconsolable. In fact, I'm sure everybody around them knows they're inconsolable. So I'm sure it carries much less weight. What you don't want is your top customers posting something bad about you, especially if they have a great reputation. And then finally, 62% of, 62 of customers say they share their bad experience with others. So they're not sharing it widely, but they will say something negative. So again, this is totally worth it to, to, to focus on this customer experience. So let me give you some examples. This is, I, I, these little examples, I get excited because these 
stores, these businesses who, that are not big businesses have done some really, really cool things. And of course, they're all from Santa Cruz, California, because, well, that's, that's my jam, even though I'm up in Sacramento right now. Love my Santa Cruz. So the Mission Hill Creamery is an ice creamery, and they make the best ice cream. But of course, they've been closed. Well, one of the things Mission Hill has done is they are using social media as a conversation. So they've made this super personal. We know it's a family, in Santa Cruz, we know it's a family-owned business. They've done really well. And like in this example, the owner posted, hey friends, I wanna let you know we're gonna be closed Monday and Tuesday because we need a day off. And I'm sure they looked at their sales cycles and know Mondays and Tuesdays are their slowest days to generate revenue. And so they just let you know the truth. We need to take some time to catch up with ourselves, and we'll be back to normal on Wednesday. What a wonderful way to be superhuman, super real, and just use it as a conversation. So use social media as a conversation. Your customers will get to know you. They'll know your flaws. They'll know your strengths. They'll know that you have a preference for specifically chocolate fudge cake with chocolate fudge frosting, just like my grandma used to make. Yes, they'll learn all about you, but it's authentic and people like that about you. Bittersweet Bistro is out in Aptos, California, which is just uh, right next to Santa Cruz. And they really rapidly made a pivot in their business. So this is a fancy restaurant. It's, um, if you're in the main dining room, it's a little bit of a pricey restaurant. It's considered like a nice restaurant, birthday kind of restaurant, if you live in the area. And then they have their regulars too, who really like wine and um, good food, because Jonathan is a great chef. But they also had uh, a counter, they finally, um, set up their business. This was an adaptation they made a few years, I think maybe it's 10 years now. But they set up a, a to-go counter because their food is great, but sometimes you just don't want to be in a restaurant and eat there and, I don't know, be dressed. That's me. I don't want to dress up. So they created this deli counter. Well, really rapidly, they transformed the dining room into a pantry. And so they, because and this is super smart as a restaurant, they have access to suppliers and they were getting things that some of us couldn't get. Even toilet paper, okay, you might have to get it on the big jumbo roll, but toilet paper is toilet paper. You gotta take what you can get, right? So they quickly brought in fresh eggs, fresh milk, pasta and pasta sauce, paper towels, produce, a big challenge. Nobody, nobody. a lot of older people don't wanna go to a giant store to go get some fresh produce. Well, Bittersweet turned their, their deli section into a mini market and it was brilliant and it got raves and I didn't mean to cut off the likes on this post, but they keep showing this post and this post gets a ton of likes and in a community where it's relatively small, you know, it's not New York, it's small. Um, this is a huge service. That it, this is just a huge service, especially if you just don't want to be exposed. You know you're going into a smaller space that's contained. You know the owners are very, very conscientious because that's the reputation with your business you've built, right? That you care. So this is a great way to pivot and adapt to um, emerging customer needs. And then you could provide information to help people understand your value and experience. So that's kind of the road I've been on, right? I'm just doing podcasts so I can share that I know how to do marketing, that, and I really care about people being successful in this pandemic. I think it's key. It's just going to be, a life is going to be different now for the next, what, year and a half, maybe. We're all going to be living a little differently. So this is Spa Santangelo, and 
Melissa here is is doing online classes, basically not at any charge. She's giving it away. But what she does, what is conveyed is that she's really committed to her customers, her clients. She's really committed to doing the best she can do. And the minute she's really willing to reopen, she mostly does a lot of body work, which she's really good at. But this is a good way to communicate her value and experience. And then finally, my favorite, because I think people forget about this all the time, creating customer delight is everything. So it's that um, you go to the store and you buy a dozen cookies and they go, you know what? We have some extras in the back of the batch that are, here's a, oh, here's even better. This will get me excited. Pacific Cookie Company on um, downtown Santa Cruz sometimes do, does this. We just took some out of the oven. Do you want the hot ones? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I want the hot ones. In this case, the Santa Cruz Opera sent an opera singer over to the retirement community to sing. And I didn't include the video, but he did a great job. And there was something so exciting about having this opera singer just outside on the lawn. Of course, all the ladies showed up, but because um, that's what we do. We're really suckers for music. But um, this is a great way to show customer delight. So wherever you are, if you run a salon, maybe what you do is go, hey, I have these samples. I want you to try this on the house. Let me know what you think. And hopefully they'll come by and back and buy the big bottle of shampoo. You know, you don't do anything you can't afford. Delight doesn't have to be giving away product. Delight could be, delight sometimes when you get your hair done is that little tiny massage that they'll do. Oh my God, right at the beginning of your, sorry, really kind of wanting a massage, but your neck and shoulders and some scalp work before they dive into cutting your hair, that is customer delight. So if you ship products and you put in, um, I used to have a baby bib business. Don't even ask what I did. It was a lot of fun, but what I got was these little tiny cute, um, but they were okay for, th for under threes, but I got little tiny cute, very affordable um, keychain stuffy things. And I would put those in, a, it had to be kind of an order that was more than one because I needed to afford the cost, but I would put in a little stuffy. And it would get people so excited when they opened the box because they didn't expect it. So customer delight. Think about customer delight. You can be very creative. You do not have to spend money. There's all kinds of ways to create customer delight. Okay, so here comes the coaching part. Yeah, I know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. A lot of people say, eh, it's outdated, it's stupid, it's dumb. But the thing is, it's not, it's not all the way dumb. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that right now during a pandemic, customers aren't the way they used to be. And that's probably the biggest part of the change that's happening right now. We've all changed. I'm so paranoid, it's ridiculous. I don't wanna go out. I appreciate it so much if I do that the person, it's mostly in Craigslist, but if the person I'm working with has thought through the experience as well. So I got a really cool old table. The person left it on their porch, told me to put the money in the slot. I wore my mask. What a nice transaction. They thought through my experience as well. And the reason I bring up Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that a lot of people right now are in the lower levels. If you see there, we have the psychological needs, which is the basics. These are people who are not making any money, who don't know how they're gonna pay their rent, and they're really scared. And they still might need to get something from you, but you need to be aware that they're really frightened because they don't know if they're gonna have access to food, access to shelter. They could be not getting enough sleep. 
Katie's boyfriend is sleeping in a house with six other people and he sleeps on the couch. By the time he gets here, he's exhausted. That's their good, their fun dates is just taking a nap. I mean, that's how tired he is. So people are really stressed out right now because they're not able to earn or do what they want to do. So think of those things when you're dealing with your customers. And then as we move up, we get to safety. And I think all of us are really not feeling very safe right now. Is our job secure if we're working? Is my health going to hold out? If I get COVID, am I going to be one of those people where this thing goes sideways? I haven't even prepared my will. I don't know where all my things are. I mean, there's a lot going on for us, all of us, in terms of safety needs, even you, the business owner. So keep these things in mind because we really can't get to feeling confident when those needs are not met. We're going to be um, a little crazy. I don't know what else to say. We're all going to be, at, and I mean, a little crazy compared to how we were before where we just took a lot of stuff for granted. So really be aware of the condition of your customers. They may come to you in all kinds of hot mess. And then the ones who are in complete denial will be coming in and they'll be acting privileged and you're going to have to deal with that too. So be ready. You can expect any kind of mindset coming from your customers today. So what's the best way, when I wrap this all up, what are the best ways to deliver service in a pandemic? Be aware, this is huge in coaching, awareness is everything. Aware of yourself first, if you're coming to work in a shitty mood, be aware that you are, have somebody else take the phone calls. Awareness is everything. Be aware of what's happening, Our people are scared, people are nervous, some people are hungry, some people are entitled, you got it all, so be aware. Be personal, see your customers as they present. So that hot mess I just described of everybody in all different kinds of conditions, the biggest gift you have is seeing them for exactly how they're coming to you. So they might be scared and tentative or you know, don't assume they're making, if they don't know how to do something, don't assume they're making mistakes. They really might not know what to do. So just see your customers as they present. That's very validating for a customer. And what might happen is they'll see you for who you are too. Maybe, maybe not, but be aware of how they present. And then be authentic, be truthful. If you're having a hard time and you share that, that's everything. Because it will be like, oh, that's so relatable. I know what you mean. Be empathetic. God, that must be hard. I can't imagine you haven't seen your mom in how long, or you haven't seen your grandkids or whatever that story is. And then be patient. We've all been, learned how to slow down a lot. And as things start to move again, and we want, we're really wanting to get income, I understand, same, but we're going to have to be patient. We're going to have to think out of the box and be really patient. And when I mean think out of the box, like figure out new ways to make money, right? How we want to share each other's incomes. And then finally, and this is different because this is just a pandemic-related problem, be safe. If you're taking your safety seriously, first of all, that's being authentic and that's being real, but it also demonstrates to your customers that you care about this. So many people care about their health right now. It's actually, this is the scariest thing I think I've ever lived through. And I, and I remember 9-11 because I just had a baby and I was freaked out. But this right now, knowing out there is some disease we can't see and we don't know who has, it's terrifying. So the more you model respect for the, the pandemic and people's personal safety and health, the more they're going to trust you and they're going to refer you as well. 
Okay. So that's my, that's my whole talk. I hope it inspires you and makes you think differently about doing business as we move forward. We'll have Amy Gardner here tomorrow to talk about COVID proofing your career. Um, I'm really excited to hear what she's going to say about that. And then we need to do a tiny, tiny, tiny celebration. There are two people who have come to this broadcast, this live broadcast every day. And one of them is Donna, who I met, ironically, so funny. She had listened to me or knew about me, but she worked for Monterey Bay Sheriff. Right, Donna? I know you're listening. And she just retired on Friday. We missed her. And I feel so grateful to have met her because she has also recommended some guests for the show that are going to be coming up in the days ahead. And I'm, I just, I wish we could do more for your retirement, Donna, but yay, here's to being free and staying at home without any guilt or anything. So congratulations to you, ma'am. And with that, that is the end of today's Life Coach Pod. I hope you got a lot out of it. I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you again tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody.